How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jesse Productions podcast, episode number 211. First recording I've done in like a little over a month and a half, probably. So this is this is going to be a, a test to see how rusty I am or not. Special guest this week is Ron Willow. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. You're the, uh, well, I, I'm going to avoid saying the name of your podcast just yet, because when we get uploaded to YouTube, it'll take us down immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can just just say, just say like the first letter. Yeah. Oh, F, yeah. Yes, there you go. There mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People can imagine, I, right, I, I was, when you say that. <laughs> I was about to say it to introduce, you know, I was like, oh, that's right. We have to, we have to play by the rules. Uh, but thank you for being here. Happy to, to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is fun. We were chatting a little bit before the show about how I can't maintain a, a schedule and show up on time. But, <laughs> but excited to have you here. Why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do, what you got going on? We're a minute sure. in, by the way, so you can say whatever you want now. We're oh, I didn't realize that there was a cutoff like that. Because in it's my like show, I actually say it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. That's good to know because I just flat out say say the F word on mine when I have on my, but again, I'm on my I fourth YouTube channel and they hate me. So I'm just <laughs> waiting every day that I'm going to get the email. You're gone. See you. Bye-bye. You know, I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I am Ruid Willow and I'm an erotica and erotic romance fiction author. I'm an audiobook narrator. And I'm a podcaster at Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow Podcast. And I am also an editor on Medium for Wild Erotic Cravings. That's a publication on Medium. And I'm a blogger and an influencer. And I have a blast doing it all. I love it. So come check me out. I talk about sex and sexuality on my podcast. Tuesdays, I have erotica fiction episodes. And then on Fridays, I have the guests who come on. Awesome. Well, we excited to have you here. About sex. <laughs> yeah. I, when I, when I started podcasting years ago, I thought like I would always be doing like, this is, I'm talking like 10 years ago. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do like gaming podcasts. We're going to talk about like what we're playing, what's coming out, like news. And then now I'm at the point where like, you're like my third like a uh, sexual content based guest on mm, this podcast alone. Sure. And mm-hmm. I, I always, I wonder to myself, like, how did this happen? Like, this is, this is not what I expected to happen, but I'm happy it has. This is, <laughs> it's, it's exciting being able to, uh, to not go off the rails necessarily, but just things have really not gone according to plan in the best way possible. Right. So, very excited. Oh, I to, um, I, I guess the, the question I'll ask you to start with is just how you got into, the the writing for erotica in particular like was there a well, way that, like a path that led you to this like you got started writing something else yeah yeah actually i'm somebody who i used to write as a child even like i would grab a notebook and i would like write stories out by hand and i just continued to write in high school i did a lot of poetry i have you know a lot of some trauma and stuff so poetry was kind of a therapy thing for me it was therapeutic and then I started to write books and stories and I took a big giant break. But then in around, let's see, 2016, I decided I really need to focus on writing. This is really what I want to do. So I started writing and I wrote uh, some young adult romances, which is teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. YA romance. And I got a publisher, gave me an offer. And that book got published. And then they gave me a contract for another book that I had submitted to them. And then COVID hit. 
<laughs> and so they they had Always in their claws, <laughs> they had in their claws, you know, we're going to publish this book, Barring a World Disaster. Well, who's going to expect a real world disaster to happen when you get a contract, a book contract? Well, it fucking did. So, you know, that book is still sitting on the shelf. And luckily, the publisher didn't fold because a lot of these smaller publishers folded during COVID. So they're still there. So my book is still my next book with them is still sitting on the shelf waiting to be published. And I hope someday it will. But I got to the point where I really liked writing romance, but I felt like it wasn't an actual accurate picture of relationships because there wasn't enough sex in it. I mean, relationships have sex in it. In real life, they have sex in it. So to me, I felt like I wasn't creating the full picture. And I really wanted to write a story, a romance that included the sex that had that because to me, that was more realistic. It's more true to life. And so I started out, I actually started out on Twitter doing things and it just grew from there. And um, I started writing stories. I was just doing posts and people were really responding. And I created the website. People were liking my stories. And then I on Twitter, I started to make audio posts and people were like, wow, I really love your voice. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like really shocked. I'm like, you like my voice. Like, I, I never in my life has anybody ever said, I love your voice. And so I kept hearing it over and over again. And people were like, you should start a podcast. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm doing all this writing. And so then I decided, you know, so many people had asked me to do it. And at the same time, a director from a publishing house was heard my voice too and said, hey, have you ever done audiobooks? And I was like, no. So my podcast and me doing audiobooks kind of happened at the exact same time. And it just has blown up from there. So, yeah. nice. and I never thought I'd be doing this much audio. I mean, it really still shocks <laughs> me that I'm doing this much audio. I'm like, what? I'm a writer, you know, like, <laughs> it's weird, but I love it. Nice. Yeah, it's I, I always enjoy like listening to people like talk about their experiences with podcasting and just writing in general. Like I like my thing about it is just working with other people. And that's mm -hmm. why I love doing the the podcast because I get to talk to people and, and meet new people and have different experiences and things like that. Oh yeah, and me too. Mm -hmm. Like I I really enjoy writing. Never published anything. Mm. But it's a uh, I don't know. I, I feel like in a way it's like you know, a, the medium is a great way to get your ideas and like thoughts out and yes. just vent mm -hmm. where on the podcast, I definitely do that. Sometimes uh, we've had a number of episodes where it's just me. I'm oh, like, sure. people really don't want to hear this, <laughs> but when I'm writing, it's like, I can just be more creative at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I write nonfiction under my real name as well as fiction. So I, I mm. kind of am in all these different areas. So, and I've written, you know, I've written multiple different books. I have, I mean, I've even written a, a middle school boys fiction book that I need to go back and work on. So I'm kind of like all over the place, yeah. <laughs> but I can't just restrict myself to one area. It's just not me. So mm. no. Interesting. So I feel like one of the questions people will probably be asking is how you write something without it coming off as like cringy and weird. Cause I, I imagine there's, I mean, there's got to be tons of people who write stuff uh, like romance novels and things like that, where it just comes off as very forced and weird, like unnatural. Mm -hmm. right. Is there like a fine line you have to walk sometimes with that? Yeah, I think so. And in what a lot of people don't really realize within erotica itself, that there's a gradient. So like you've got stuff that's on like the, the far gradient of smut, which is kind of more mm. like 
almost like porn, right? And then you're going to move up. If you move up the gradient, you're going to get to erotica. And if you keep going up, you're going to get to erotic romance. And from there, you'd go on to romance with various levels of heat. But a lot of people hear erotica and they think it's all down by the smut. And they don't realize that there are a lot of erotica and erotic romance stories that have a full-blown romance and story with them it's not just a story about sex so you know that's you do have to definitely ride a fine line you have to be careful you don't want it to come off corny or stupid or weird and it's it's not Mm -hmm. exactly as easy to write as you think it would be you know you just think you're just writing about sex it's not but you know you can actually learn quite a bit about a character in a sex scene because that person that character is very vulnerable at that moment and Mm -hmm. things will come out so there's a lot you can actually do with a sex scene that some people who don't read it or write it don't really understand that fair enough one of the one i feel like one of the comparisons people are always going to make is like the 50 shades of gray and that sort of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. what are are your thoughts on that as like a book slash movie series because like I, well, I, I mean, I have no context for it. I've never seen them, never read them. But yeah, I it's didn't obviously either. wildly popular. <laughs> it is wildly popular, and it it definitely served a purpose because it brought different alternative lifestyles and sexualities to the forefront of popular media and to the media and the entire culture. Our entire culture knows that book, and mm-hmm. I actually have never read the book or watched the movie because I heard so many people say it was written so poorly. Like, well, why would I want to read a book that was written poorly? It doesn't make any sense to me. The other problem Mm -hmm. with that book is it doesn't portray that lifestyle accurately. It actually is more an abusive portrayal of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not true to life. So there are things that are wrong with it and it gives people the wrong impression. But at the same time, it also opened up people's sexuality because people were exposed to something they had never been exposed to before. And that's probably Mm -hmm. why it made such a huge splash. So it's good and bad, in my opinion. And mm. it's, it, it really opened up the world to new ideas about sexuality and different alternative forms of sexuality. But it's not an accurate picture of that actual, the way it, it's supposed to function in a healthy way. It's not healthy in that. I mean, I haven't seen it, but this is what everybody's told me. <laughs> it's <laughs> because this always comes up on my podcast, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's not an accurate portrayal. So it's not a healthy portrayal of what that lifestyle actually is. So it gives people a wrong impression in that way. Fair enough. So is it, like for me, like I'm, a lot of my interests are like uh, adventure, like fantasy, not like high fantasy novels, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. Where do you go to for like inspiration for, for your writing? Or well, your content in general, I suppose. Uh, first of all, I'll say there's actually quite a bit of fantasy erotica out there. People mm. having sex with aliens, things like that, monsters, witches, that kind of thing. Um, for me, I constantly get ideas. So I am, I have so many ideas. I don't ever run out of ideas. I have like a list of things I want to mm. do. So I'm one of these people that can sit down and I can write 4,000 words in a morning. Like I have had no problem doing that, writing a story for the podcast. I'll sit down, write 4,000 words, edit it, narrate it, plop it on the podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people aren't able to do that because they they can't write that volume. I And I can write very quickly. Like the fastest book I ever wrote was two weeks, but I was mm-hmm. working hardcore on it. And that was a YA romance. But I, I got that done in two. I got that sucker done in two weeks. And that was the fastest I've ever written a book. That was that was pretty insane. I have to say that's that's 
That's all I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, for me, I'm like, I'm so over the top methodical with stuff where mm-hmm. it, it, it holds up my writing. Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Just trying to figure that. So it's like 45,000. I, I looked up like 100 pages, but roughly 45,000 words. So okay. I have like on my desk here in front of me, I have three different notebooks that mm. I've filled up to the brim with like writing all for like one project. Mm. And it is not a cohesive story by any means. It is literally just like notes on oh, like sure. the world, the characters, things like that. I'm like, this is, I, I mean, people that have listened to the podcast here for a while will know. It's like, I t- constantly bring it up where it's like, I just create the world, create the characters and all this stuff. And then I just never write the story. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, and it is different. I think when you're creating a world like that, you mm-hmm. do kind of have to do some of that because for me, I write yeah. in the real world. It already exists. I don't have to create mm-hmm. it for people. It already is. You create you know what a I magical mean? world called New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think fantasy is that way, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're literally creating a world. So you have a lot more like groundwork or, you know, prep stuff to do because you are creating a world. So that makes sense to me. It's it's one of what I refer to as the key indicators of my autism, even though I've never been diagnosed with it. Just mm, the sure. the absolute mm-hmm. unnecessary details that I write down and like come up with for it. Where it's like, all right, mm. what kind of foliage would we have in this area? What kind of animals? <laughs> it's like all right. of the uh, like completely unnecessary information. <laughs> where it's like, like I'll pull one of the notebooks out here. Like I literally have like this is what people would live off of in this area you know this is what kind of trade system they would have I'm like it's unnecessary nobody cares but i do for some reason i don't know why right. well you but, may yeah. use pieces of that so you know it's not a horrible thing to do but yeah if it's preventing you from actually writing the story then yeah. it becomes counterproductive yeah that's the, the thing i always tell myself when i'm writing it down is well it comes into play because you know it fleshes out the world and makes it feel real mm-hmm. right because it's like oh yeah you have you have like a small village on like a on a beach. It's like, yeah, they're going to probably rely on like fishing as their main source of trade. They'll right. take it to the city and get resources there, whatnot. So because they're doing that, there's probably going to be like a, you know, a, a trade road going here. And like, why would people <laughs> build like houses along that trade road? What kind of trade would they have? They might be logging stuff like that. And it just it expands upon that indefinitely. And it's <laughs> absolutely obnoxious and it annoys me, even though I'm the one doing it. <laughs> so, you fall into all the rabbit holes <laughs> it yeah i it's like someone would read my notes someday and be like oh he's insane okay he, he's <laughs> i see he, he's just a rambling lunatic that makes sense okay that explains so much yeah but oh, it, just... <laughs> it explains a lot about like the content we put out here as well like just the podcast in general is just me rambling talking a lot of times usually with the guests <laughs> which is nice yeah but like our youtube channel for example it's like it was just random stuff like whether it be gaming or like conversational stuff like just skits things like that sure there's no rhyme or reason to most of it it's just me <laughs> having ideas and be like i need to put this down somewhere <laughs> right I know, you, I know you mentioned you have like ideas all, all the time so you never run out of them i know yeah. like one thing is i do is I'll, I'll have an idea, like I'll see something or watch something here, something, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then it'll give me an idea for something and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I could do something similar to this, but I could change this and add this sort of aspect to it. 
And so like my phone, I have like outside of like the default apps, I have like three apps on my phone. And then my notes app just takes up all the data because I have so many like <laughs> saved, uh, not photos, but like uh, pieces of like art. Like just I have oh, yeah. so many photos, like stuff saved in the notes app. I have yeah. so many actual like notes written down. It's unbelievable. I'm like, I can include all of this. And it's like, it's like multiple story worth stories worth of like <laughs> ideas. It just right. would never, they would never all work together. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally get it. My phone is so loaded too. I'm just... You know, but I, I really, I mean, I heavily rely on my phone even for like, you know, posting to social media. Like mm. if I make a post, I'll save it and then I can put it on different platforms. You know, it's like that's yeah. a total time saver. You can mm-hmm. post it on all these different platforms to reach more people. So to mm-hmm. me, it it's it's just a way of life to have your phone just be chocked full. Yeah. That's, it, that's the way life is. <laughs> it's one of the real issues <laughs> that that causes it's like I definitely lose credibility when I you know what I, I like I said I I do advertising and marketing for a living I oh, work sure. with people to like get their social media up and running mm, YouTube yeah. Instagram mm-hmm. any you know whatever yep build websites but like I am terrible with the social media presence for Dead Jester Productions oh. I don't like post ever like I'll make posts when we have guests and stuff like that on yeah but that's pretty much it I think I did I think I do a Christmas post. But oh, then, sure. like, I turn around, it's like, I'm making, I mean, a lot of these are scheduled, mind you, but, like, I'm making, mm. like, 35, 40 posts a day for other people. Oh, and I, yeah. It's like, I'm watching all these other platforms grow for other people that I'm working with, yeah. and you know, my own platform is just, like, dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> kind of frustrating, right? But you Outside know how to podcast, do it, so. I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Like I, like I said, I do the podcast because I enjoy it, not because I'm, like, mm-hmm. focused on growth, like, I if it grows, it grows. But like, I'm not focused on like, all right, I need to put in the work. I need this to grow and be profitable. Not worried right. about that. But sure. at, at the same time, it is frustrating at times where I'm like, I have ideas for videos I want to do. And at the same time, I'm like working with other people to help them grow their, yeah. <laughs> their platforms. You, you can't get to yours, right? Yeah, you can't yeah. even get to doing it, like, right? Mm-hmm. Even then, it's like, I like I said, I, I stopped doing Twitch because I didn't enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like YouTube, yeah. like I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm forcing myself to do something. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was, there was a video I uploaded for a company the other, like, this is like three months ago. It got like 1.8 million views. I'm like, that could Ooh, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I was like, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> like, it got really, I got really frustrated. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm really successful for other people. Right. <laughs> you need to turn that back on yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I was joking with him. I was like, "Man, uh, really could have uh, could have been doing something else here with it, couldn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe someday you can turn it on yourself, and then you can yeah. Yeah. You can grow it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But like I said, I only want to do something if I enjoy it. There's yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where I have ideas for videos, and then I do the thing. It's the same thing I do with uh, like purchasing something. Like, oh, that's cool. I should buy that. I wait like a week or two and mm. then if I still feel excited about it, it's like, all right, let's go for it. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had an idea for a video where I'm like, this is still a good idea. Let's do it. It's oh. always like <laughs> a day later. I'm like, what was I thinking? That was <laughs> idiotic. <a> idea. <laughs> no one is going to think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
you ever have, <laughs> do you ever have stuff like that where you start writing it or maybe for your, your podcast or anything where you're like, maybe I should not do this one? I have never done that because really? I don't know. Oh, no, I haven't. But I, I, I do things last minute. Like I am terrible. Yeah. Like I have had moments where I, like I said, I write the story in the morning, like say I'm going to publish on a Tuesday an erotic mm-hmm. fiction episode. I have had times where I actually wrote the story in the morning, narrated it, and then published it all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I'm a kind of fly by the seat of my pants person, you know? That's mm-hmm. just that's just how I am. And some things I have prepared. Like this week I have it already recorded for tomorrow. And I'm like, no, Tuesday. I'm like, whoa, I'm ahead of the game here. I actually have it recorded before the day. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, other the, than, the interviews I have okay. ahead of time, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, other than the podcast, like, uh, obviously, like the podcast we record in advance, but like, all anytime I'd make content, it was usually, Hey, I just did this, let's upload it, right? Sort of deal. Yes, that's that's how I am too. Like, okay, I'm done, let's do it. <laughs> there was a there was a video I made, which is terrible, mind you, not very good at all. Uh, <laughs> And you can tell how quickly I made it. I literally came, I had an idea and I was like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll run home on for lunch. At the time I was working in, in sales. So I was on the road all day. Oh, so I was sure. like, oh, I'll, I'll just run home to my apartment real quick and make this video. Yeah. And uh, I do that. I come home, I film it, I edit it, I upload it all over the span of like an hour, maybe. Awesome. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it, that translates to the quality of the video. And uh, <laughs> it, like, I look back on it. I'm like, man, this is not a funny idea. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> I, I have a poll here. It's got 116 views. Absolutely killing it. it was a, <laughs> I have such a hard yeah. time on YouTube, though. I swear they squish my my content. And I'm just I, I'm just amazed that I'm still there. I What really broke my heart is my first channel. I had 50,000 listens and they decided to ax me. And then the next two channels, they axed me very quickly. Mm. And somebody gave me the advice of do not upload the same episodes when you make a new channel because they may somehow be able to tell it's the same thing and tell it's yeah. you and they'll knock mm-hmm. you out. So I've been following that. And so far, I've had my fourth one, I think, for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or something. They haven't Knock on wood, haven't kicked me out yet, but I don't get, some get a good amount of use, some don't. But again, they don't like sex over there, so no. they're going to they're gonna stamp me down. You know, it's just the way it is. It's, it's so weird. We were talking about this briefly before um, this, we started recording here, where like a lot of the double standards for some types of content, yep. where it, like all... Um, YouTube is a bit different at times, but like I know Twitch in particular, if you're someone who's not getting a lot of views, but you do something against terms of service, you get a strike right away. Yep. Mm -hmm. But if if you're super popular, they're a bit more lenient because they're making a lot of money off you. Same with TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, they're the exact same Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. They've gotten mad at me for things and then I'll turn around and see a a famous comedian doing something sexual and they have Mm -hmm. like, you know, thousands of likes. So Double standard yeah. is huge on all of these platforms. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, a lot of the discourse surrounding it is obviously jealousy as well. I mean, there's a lot of people who are either gaming, like Twitch obviously started out mainly as a gaming streaming platform. Right. Um, but, that, you know, so there's a lot of 
complaining on there from young guys who want to grow their their game you know their game focus channel who mm-hmm. get upset at the like hot tub streams where it's uh shall we say like scantily clad women i guess sitting in, mm-hmm. in like inflatable mm-hmm. pools things like that yep and uh it's like okay you know i get it i get that that's not what the, the platform is for but if they want to allow that they they can allow that and right. what i mentioned before the show as well was just the double standard of it the hypocrisy at times Oh, it's like, oh totally. it's, I mean, they had the the issue, we'll say a month ago, maybe at this point, where they found the the loophole was putting a black bar across the screen and then pretending to be completely in the nude. Oh, and they, yeah. They made a ton of money off of that for a while and they mm-hmm. shut it down right away. Then they made uh, changes to their terms of service, which people immediately took advantage of. And so they said, OK, you know what? Never mind. We're going to change it again. Because people are finding these loopholes that we keep adding in, mm-hmm. but it's a—I uh, don't know. It it is what it is. I it I is used to be a bit more is. salty about it, but I don't use Twitch anymore, so I don't I don't care. Yeah, my biggest. <laughs> I, I still pay attention to it. It's it's entertaining. <laughs> right. The biggest ones that have burned me for that hypocrisy is uh, Instagram, TikTok, mm. and YouTube for sure. It it is weird. It I think I feel like it's weird as a culture. Yeah. Like the things we have problems with. Uh right. you can turn on the TV and see like Law and Order and it's a right. bloody corpse that's been like yes. mutilated and it's like yes. that's fine. Don't you dare curse though. Don't you dare curse in front of right. the children. <laughs> right. And don't yeah, show nudity, any sex. Not good. Yeah. Not good. But death, murder, violence, totally cool. Walking oh, dead, horrible. ripping their guts out, perfectly fine. Yes. It is so messed up. I mean, the thing that drives me crazy as an erotica author is that on Amazon, if you're an erotica author, you cannot pay for ads to advertise your books, even though they can funnel those books to advertise only to people who would say yes or people who buy those books. I know an author who's on a board who's they're like trying to figure out if they're going to allow it. But people who have books about serial killers and murderers and you know, all these horrible, gruesome things, they can all buy ads for their books. But because we write about sex, we can't. And the thing that's horrible about it is even people who are doing sex education, they won't. I had a man on my podcast who wrote a book that was designed to help men improve their relationships, how to be a better partner, how to be better in bed, how to just Hmm. be better. And it was an education. He couldn't even advertise. They won't even let you advertise sex ed books on there, but you can you can buy ads for people killing each other. It's messed up. Mm-hmm. It's so messed it, up. It's really weird. Yeah, um, and it's it's different in like other countries around the world. Like it is. Uh, I'll use the UK for example because I'm at least yeah. a little more familiar. Like they have nudity on TV. Well, even oh, yeah, in, even in the US too. To be fair, I, I I don't remember the channels, but like some of those older like 80s 90s like the Family mm. vacation style movies like the National yeah. style movie. They have like, like a nudity. There's nudity in a lot of those, mm-hmm. but there's channels that just show the nudity on basic oh, cable. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's just so weird. But like I said, in other countries, it's like, yeah, that's totally fine. But they limit more oh, yeah. on like the violence side of stuff. Right. Which makes more sense. I saw I a mean, post on oh, Reddit yeah. the other day where someone, it was just a photo of somebody. Uh, it was just this woman out in like, you know, 
in the mountains, essentially. I forget the exact specifics. But she's just like, oh, I'm just enjoying the nature. And she's she's not wearing anything. Right. And there was a comment where it's like, this really makes me consider the fact that it's it's weird how, as a society, we've determined that it's sexual in nature, like clothing is sexual in nature. Right. Where it's like, yep, yeah, we're all naked underneath. But then it's like you add clothes to the mix right. and suddenly it's like, oh, now there's like this mysticism surrounding things. Yeah, it's goofy. N- nakedness yeah. is not sexuality. They are separate things. And this is a thing that is a problem in America. They think anything that is nude, you know, nude or semi-nude is sexual. It's like, stop sexualizing nudity. We were born nude. There are cultures in the world who live nude, right? It's not yeah. always sexual just because someone is nude. It's ridiculous. It was just, uh, it, like I said, it's just very strange the way it's handled. Um, yeah, so it just is. In, in the media. Uh, then again, it's, I, I feel like in a lot of cases too, things are over sensationalized for attention as well. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Do you feel like the way the rise of OnlyFans and similar platforms has affected the way people view it? Um, I think for some people who are aware of it, I mean, there's some people I know out there that still don't really understand what all of that means, like older people. But mm-hmm. I think it has changed things. But it's also helped us realize, I think that, you know what, we have control over our lives. And if somebody wants mm-hmm. to do that, who are we to say they can't do it? I mean, wh- why? If they want to do it, if they want to be exhibitionistic and they want to do that, why do we have to look at it negatively? Why is it a negative? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, being sexual is not negative. We, we, we've turned sexuality into something negative in our culture. And sexuality yeah. is actually a positive thing. Uh, it really has changed things, though. I've, I talked to I had a, a man on my show who was a porn star for like 15 years, I think it was. And now he's retired, but he talks about how much it has changed and how he used to make so much money because he would turn the videos into DVDs. Well, when you buy a DVD, you're going to spend what, 40 bucks or something. And he's like, now these people, there's so many people and it's so saturated. People are selling entire sites for three bucks. He's like, and I made $40 on one DVD. And it's like totally has changed. And I'm like, he's right. He is mm-hmm. so right. It is so oversaturated. <laughs> I mean, that's how the internet is oversaturated, like so many markets in general. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of media is, is oversaturated because of YouTube and, you know, any streaming sites, anything like that. Yeah. Um, specifically with like the, uh, like OnlyFans style content, mm-hmm. uh, it there are definitely scenarios in which, like like I said, it's weird that people like are, you know, treat it the way they they do. There's some I know there's one politician I don't remember her platform anything about her politics in particular. But there was a politician who made like a video with her husband or something, sure. uh, and she uploaded it to one of these sites and for people to pay it for it and whatever. And they went after her and they're like, "This is disgusting," and she wants to run for office and it's not. It's like it's someone having a relationship with their husband. They just happen Why? to have it on camera. Right. Why is that, her having the, sex with her husband disgusting? It's not. There's that. There's another politician. I think this one was like a, I think she made a joke about like, oh, you know, her and her husband were going to have, uh, some, spend some time together. And she's like, no, I have to stuff to do. And she made a joke about this. And people like ran, like, we're just all over her about that. It's like, oh my God, she's unmarried. And it's like, 
I, I, it goes, I, my running theme is like, I don't understand why people care so much about what people do right? in their free time. If it doesn't affect anyone else negatively, who cares? But exactly. people are really all up in everyone else's business for some reason. Right. And I think it's like, you know what I think it is? I think it's because those people who are doing it aren't ashamed and they're they're either angry or jealous that they're not ashamed of doing it. And I think it's mm-hmm. fantastic that they're not ashamed of doing it. I mean, being open with your sexuality, we were we were born to have sex. Why is it so shameful? It's not shameful. It's something that we were meant to do. And our culture just makes it seem awful and just, yeah, it just sensationalizes it. But I, I don't understand why it has to be so shameful. It's not. Yeah. It's a natural I act. I am curious to see like how people feel about uh, the people that have these platforms that they, they do OnlyFans content, things like that, where I'm mm-hmm. curious is like how they'll feel about it in 10, 15 years time. Like right. the infinite duration of the internet. Like sure. I wonder how they'll feel about like having put themselves out there in, in such a way. Cause it, inevitably right. what happens in, in a lot of cases, not always, but in a lot of cases, you know, they'll, they start out small or whatever. And it's like, Oh, here's mm-hmm. pictures of myself, you know, whatever. And right. then it's like, okay, well people got bored with that. They want to see more. And it just right. escalates and escalates to some things that they weren't originally intending to do. Maybe they weren't even interested in doing it, but it makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to like how people will look back on that. And if they'll be like, Oh, this is, this is cool. Like this is eye opening. Like I was able to be more comfortable myself or if people feel like I regret doing this and putting it out there for the world to see. Right. And it might depend on how it goes and how people react to them or mm-hmm. how confident they are. If they're a confident person, they're not going to care what anybody says to them. I know a woman who mm-hmm. just started doing only fans and she's in the top percent. She's like, 56 years old and she is kicking ass and she is not shamed at all, but she's not ashamed yeah. at all. But now everybody knows who she is and she's totally sensationalized. She's all over the media, all <laughs> these, I mean, it's just blowing up, but she's not ashamed at all. She's like, this is what I want to mm-hmm. do. This is me. And I'm not ashamed. And she's just doing it, you know, and I, I have yeah. a lot of respect for her because she's doing what she wants, regardless I- of what any other people are saying. I'm like, you go. I thought of where it was teachers being fired for having OnlyFans accounts, yes. which oh, I thought was on. insane. So I've, I don't know how many how many news articles I've seen of that. Where it's Who like, cares? It, it's literally like parents going to the school and be like, I found out this teacher has an OnlyFans. Like, so you were watching it. Like, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. If you found it, yeah. you were looking, yeah. man. So get off your high horse and shut the fuck up. That's yeah, all I it, have to say. It's just insane to me. I'm like, well, who cares? Like, it has nothing to who do with, with anything. There, Granted, right. there were a couple of those cases where it was the teachers were making this content in the school, not during school hours, mind you. But okay. Well, sure. That's not okay. I don't think well, that's appropriate, yeah. but it's, it's not really great doing that. If it's, you no, should be doing right. it in your place of work. But no. yeah, if it's if it's like on your own time at home or whatever, you're not hurting anyone. I don't understand like the outrage surrounding a lot of this stuff. I don't either. It's like shaming people for being sexual. Why are we shaming mm-hmm. people for what they naturally are? We don't shame people for you know for liking doing the same to... thing that the people who are complaining about it are doing. Yes, just, they're just not on camera when doing it. Exactly. I don't understand. Exactly. It. They're mad. They're not making money. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. They're jealous and they're mad. I don't know. I just think people get on their high horses and I'm like, so you're not a sexual person at all. And if you aren't, I'm really sad for you. 
maybe you need to relax and open up. But why are you spewing what you think is okay on other people? I mean, why is sexuality bad? It's not bad. It's good. We should be celebrating it. Yeah, it. There's that, and the the distaste is like this is a very polite way to word it. To be fair, the distaste (laughs) people have for like certain uh, like sexual orientations or interests and things like that, Mm -hmm. and it goes back to like me, like what I always say, where it's like, who cares? Like it, who cares? I just don't get why people care so much about other people. Like I I, for for as long as I can remember, you know, since Facebook became a thing. I've, I generally do not care about what other people are doing. <laughs> like people right. are like, oh, did you see so-and-so's post on Facebook? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have a uh, Facebook account. I have a, I have like business accounts for I Facebook. I hate Facebook. Like <laughs> but like, I don't, I gen, I have a, a Twitter account, not an X account, but a Twitter account, like uh-huh. a personal one <laughs> that I just use to like browse for like, you know, sports teams I follow and things like that. Sure. Keeping up mm-hmm. with, with friends uh, a little bit, but I I don't use social media for my like personal life at all. And so like right. people always say like, how oh, did you see this post? No, no, no. I was busy <laughs> doing shit. I have things going on. I don't, why would I spend my entire life like looking at photos of other people doing something? They're exactly. not even enjoying what they're doing. They're just taking photos of what they could have been enjoying. <laughs> I know. I think it's so stupid. But, like, it's yeah. So like stupid. It, I relate that to like people caring about other people's like sexuality and things like that. I'm like, Right. Why do you care so much? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't impact Why? you in any way. It, it you have no, no involvement in this whatsoever. I know. It makes no sense whatsoever. But yeah, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it. And it's like... Yeah. Why, why is your opinion better? Why is it more important? There's why, that, I don't understand. And it, there's a lot of opinions based off of objectively incorrect things. Like yeah. the fur... Like I'll use the furries for... Like furries, for example, where oh, like they'll mm-hmm. say... Oh, they take litter boxes to school. It's like that's just objectively not true. It was one guy said it, and then all these other people ran with it, and then pretended like this was what was happening in their schools. And it's like that's like the basis for a lot of people's arguments is litter box. Like that's just not a thing. That's so dumb. That's just not even a thing. It's like a random thing that people are like applying to the entire group of people. Exactly. It's like the foundation of a lot of arguments, and it's just like stuff like that in general, where it's like, oh, these people are you know, pedophiles because they're into this or whatever. It's like, right. no, it's no, like, that that's another word that's like lost all meaning to a lot of people right. now where they just throw that out and yep. it, it encapsulates people they disagree with on any basis. <laughs> right. Just like, I, you don't like the same sports team as me. You know what? You, <laughs> you're into children. It's like, no, exactly. No, <laughs> they, like, just, they, like, they just like the Ravens. It's fine. <laughs> Right. It's so messed up. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't do that. I understand people that do that. that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Like I granted, there's a lot of like stuff like people's interests and kinks and stuff that I just really don't understand. Right. But I'm not gonna judge them on it. No, why exactly why do yeah. you care? If they get off on it and they yeah. both enjoy it, there's full consent. Who cares? Yeah. No, yeah. we've had a couple of guests on where they've talked about like what they're interested in. I'm mm. like, I got to be honest with you. I don't get it. It's not my <laughs> thing, but you do you. Hey, I've run into <laughs> a lot of kinks too, just doing what yeah. I do. And yeah, there's a, if you don't think there's a kink out there for what you like, you're probably wrong. 
because there's mm-hmm. probably somebody out there who likes it no matter how weird it is <laughs> my, my kink is sitting on the couch eating snacks while watching uh my favorite soccer team play call me weird <laughs> all you want <laughs> uh they're terrible so i guess i'm just like uh, i like being abused like that i guess i don't know <laughs> just getting mad at the tv i had a couple of uh professional doms on my podcast and they mm-hmm. were talking about the weirdest kinks they had now those were weird kinks i have to say one one <laughs> of the weirdest one was um a man was a, a client of this dom and he wanted to come and lick her eyeballs that was his kink hmm. that seems uncomfortable i know she she didn't go for it but uh, uh, hmm. weird i mean like that actually turns somebody on how does that get to that point where that's yeah. a turn on i don't even do i don't even understand that, that. that it's like a, <laughs> like how do you find out that that's your thing right i know like i feel like it, in general a lot of people stumble across things they're interested in by accident where they see something like oh you know like right. i'm kind of that, that did something for me i can't even think of a scenario where you accidentally stumbled across <laughs> that it's like oh i tripped fell had my tongue sticking out i licked the rival <laughs> I, mean, I, I knew from then on yeah. like it, it, i i find that it, it just blows my mind like how you even stumble across that as being your thing maybe know, it's a thing it, where it's like oh i you know, a lot of times people talk about, like, oh, they have really pretty eyes. And it's like, okay. And I hey, guess like you could escalate. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> the other crazy one was he wanted to um, touch her tonsils like with his fingers. Like, that's weird, hmm. too. Like, I don't I don't I, I don't know. I don't. How do you why is that a turn on? I don't understand. But everybody hmm. has their kinks and I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. But weird. I, I don't know. I can't imagine yeah. that being a sexual turn on. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It, it's fascinating to me how people get interested in some things. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of them are just downright dangerous and like yes. violent. And I'm just like, I wish you wouldn't, but you know. Oh, I know. I know some of those If everyone's like consenting, knives. I guess it's okay. Right, but, right. It makes me cringe yeah. when I think about the knife play. Like I just, yeah, no. that's, that was what no. was on my mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Um, I had talked with one podcaster, but he he liked knives, but he liked wood knives, which I thought was interesting. But he would do something mm-hmm. that I didn't think was very weird with it, because he would like you know do the wax thing and then like peel the wax up with the wood knife. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's not stabbing somebody with a knife. You know, that's. It seemed a little bit less weird to me to think, <laughs> you know. It makes me wonder how people like don't carry some of these things into their like daily life, like the knife play, right. like bloodletting, whatever. Like yeah. you, you go to work the next day and it's like you're all cut up. Nobody's asking right. questions. Right. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand Just that. Constantly level wearing long sleeve shirts in like hundred degree right. weather in Florida. Yeah, yeah, right. I just, I, I can't wrap my brain around that. I got in a fight with a gator last night. Don't ask questions. Right. <laughs> with teeth that were like, oh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, razor blades. It was, it was I don't a very know. gentle alligator, mind you, but you know, it happens. It didn't eat me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> just yeah. cut me up. I don't think alligator's just going to cut you up like that. That's not going to happen. The alligator had a knife. <laughs> <laughs> right. The alligator had the knife. <laughs> yeah it's like how far can you stretch the the lie until it starts to just fade into the ac- the actual scenario the alligator right. had a knife uh I'm, I'm afraid that's in a blood play i guess is what it amounts to 
Yeah. Oh, I know. I just, I don't know. I could never, I don't know. I don't even think I could write anything like that because Hmm. I just, it's too, anything with blood, it's just too squeamish to me. I just, and I just fail to see the sexuality in it. For me, it's just not there. Do you, do you always write about things that you yourself would be comfortable with or do you ever, you branch out as well? No. I branch out as well. Cause, and that's one thing I find interesting that, I feel differently that people view erotica differently than other genres because some people think everything I write about is something I want to do. And I don't get that same impression when I write in other genres. Somehow because it's sexuality is more personal, they think that, you know, people could become surprised that it's not something that I would actually want to do. And I'm like, why is erotica different than other genres? I mean, you don't assume that Stephen King wants to go around murdering people, do you? No. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just don't I don't know if it's because it's sexuality and it's personal, but a lot of people will think that about me. They think that I want to do everything I write about. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing stories. I'm writing characters. That doesn't mean I want to be every character I write. That's silly. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, f- I feel like just in general too, a lot of like the like sexual related content or adjacent content online Mm -hmm. like people uh like pornographic content people will watch things that they would never do in real life right that's true yeah Yeah, because fantasy you can have a level of fantasy that you're not going to live out and that's okay and that's normal Mm -hmm. and that's healthy you don't have to do everything that turns you on to watch you know you don't Mm -hmm. have to be it's a different level of turn on but you don't have to be immersed into it where you're actually doing it and that's okay you think i was gonna ask do you think the ease of access to like to for people to watch read whatever listen to like the content do you think it's changed like future generations perhaps and the way they approach relationships in their real lives i do think it has changed things because Mm -hmm. i feel like people are more it, it can have its bad sides but i feel like people are more open now and there's just more things known versus way back when it was more like people didn't know about things. It was a behind so, closed door sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, ignorance is not necessarily bliss back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, our sex education in our country sucks. It sucks. And it's not getting any better. You but close the door and they carefully <laughs> hold their hands thinking that's what right. it's all about. So, you know, porn is not an education tool, but you still can mm-hmm. learn things from it. And so I just feel like there's a lot more. I think younger generations are going to be more open to sexuality and different types of sexuality yes they can get exposed to too much you know and there's nothing that's perfect and there's never going to be a there's always going to be some sort of negative slant to just about everything right i mean there's nothing that's going to be purely good it's not going to happen but i think it makes people more open and i feel like younger people are more open to the different sexualities than the older people you know people are like you know they don't even some people don't even still can't even accept gay people you know like and let alone a trans person you know they're just like just totally weirded out and they can't even like you know process it yeah and and now everybody's saying their pronouns and back then nobody said pronouns that wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. yeah my 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 reason for bringing it up too is like i can see cases where people watch way too much content online and then try and bring that to a relationship in their personal life yeah, yeah. and then quickly realize like, oh, it turns out being doing this is not something 
everyone's going to be interested in. Yes. In fact, I just interviewed someone who is a, she's an actual dom and she Mm. sometimes actually works in Vegas where it is legal to do this. And she has a lot of young men who come to her for actually retraining their brain because they will damage relationships thinking that their partner will want to do things they saw in porn. And the partner's like, no, Mm. I don't want anything to do with that. And so she's having to help help them learn how to make love. So that is a problem. I don't want to be stuck in the dryer. (laughs) Right, right. And so she, she actually helps people reprogram their thinking in their brains. And she said, I got, I got, you know, people in their young twenties coming to me saying, I need help. I, I, my brain thinks like porn and I don't know how to be in a relationship. I don't know how to make love to a partner. And that's a serious problem. I mean, that's, that's a side of it. That's, that's really sad and disturbing. And, but I compliment, I commend those people who are going to her to help retrain their brains and not think mm-hmm. this way, you know? It is interesting. I've seen posts like that where it's, it's like a map of the U.S. or the world or something, whatever. Mm. And it's like the most searched topics on certain, like different websites, like pornographic websites. And it's yep. so funny to me, like, like, how did we, how did you get to this point where like, this is the go-to search, like the most searched thing in your, your state? Right, and right. Things like that. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's it's hilarious at times. I'm like, huh. Well, you know, West Virginia. I guess that makes sense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen some posts like that too, where it's just yeah. like this area tends to be in this into this, and this area tends to be in the, into that, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Or like, I'll, I'll this is a made up example, but like Saudi Arabia. Like their top result is like lesbian, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the thing you're, you know, you're so like against and you know, like gay rights or like just women, women being in charge of their own bodies and whatever. But like, right. you're totally into it behind closed doors. Got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole theory of whatever you condemn the most is something you're actually in and you're not okay with it. So you're gonna condemn it. We need publicly. to condemn safety in schools, and they'll get that stuff sorted out right away. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is, you mentioned like how our education system is terrible. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It's terrible as far as like sex ed. Yeah. Like, we, I'm trying to remember. I know we had like, we had health class when I was in seventh grade, maybe. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sometime in middle school. And I couldn't tell you what we talked about. Uh, definitely wasn't anything like sex ed related. And then Mm -hmm. I had a health class again, either my freshman or sophomore year in high school. And again, nothing sexual related. It was all like actual, like just medical related stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Birth and and reproduction. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And anytime we had any actual like sex ed, it was because a student would make a, like have a question as somewhat of a joke almost. Right. And we'd have to, right. it'd be like forcing the teacher's hand. And I, I'm oh, curious yeah. if like, I'm curious if some of it is teachers being uncomfortable teaching it, like instructing it to students and also like worried about being like getting in trouble because parents are like overly protective about it. Um, right. But the problem the same time, is, though, is parents won't talk to their kids either. Right. And, and I think the biggest problem is that for females, you know, you, when you go to the sex ed, they say the word penis, right? That's mm-hmm. a thing to say. They may say the word vagina, 
but never do they say the word clitoris, which is the mm. equivalent of the, it's the female, basically, if you want to do it in this terms, it's the female penis. It's the same exact organ, but they don't talk about it. Like, they didn't say the word clitoris. They don't talk about pleasure. They don't talk about consent. They don't talk about how to have a relationship with someone. All they talk about in sex ed, they should call it reproductive ed. They don't hmm. talk about relationships. They don't talk about sex. They talk about reproduction and how to not have a baby, how to prevent, you know, any kind of sex, you know, sexually transmitted yeah. disease. Those things are important. But why couldn't we also touch on the other things? What Couldn't you even like say one sentence, sex is pleasurable between two consenting adults? Couldn't you even put the word pleasure in there somewhere for kids so that they understand that this is something that consenting adults adults enjoy together there's pleasure there mm -hmm. you know it's not just to create another human being there's this like mindset i feel like from my perspective where like parents just act like yeah nothing is going on between kids they they right. will say like oh you know my kid wouldn't do that or, like it happens in schools but my kid went to and like i feel like so many people have that mindset mm -hmm. i know when i was in high school it was, it was sort of like that where it's like yeah, whatever the kids will like get together, whatever, but they're good kids. And it's right. like, yeah, no, we're we're all teenagers here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think is going on here? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And it, you know, this is the thing, is yeah, you you we're people and this is mm -hmm. natural for us to want to do things like that. So you get put people together, it's gonna happen, whether you're not whether you're talking about it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. It's, it's weird. Like I said, I'd never talked to my parents about anything growing up, like mm -hmm. in that aspect. I right. couldn't tell you any of my friends that did either. And it's like we had, I don't remember, maybe three or four different uh, girls in our, our school that mm. had kids while we were in high school. Oh, sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. I mean, we had a, uh, from, I'm talking like our entire high school from, freshmen to seniors i will mm -hmm. say we had like 500 people maybe in our entire school so okay. i feel like four people having children is too many right <laughs> i mean mm -hmm. right four is four too many really for it high school. Is. it's that's <laughs> children having kids you know it's yeah. it's yeah i think that's really sad but, and so the reproductive piece needs to be there i don't think it should be taken yeah. out i just think they need to add to it and and also just talking about the anatomy, like I went most of my life not knowing the size of a clitoris. I didn't mm. know what it looked like. I didn't know what it looked like. And some people still don't. Maybe you don't. But, <laughs> you know, it doesn't look. I know from following combat sports to an extent where okay. it's like women on like steroids or testosterone to like, you know, beef well, up, get more muscular. And sometimes they, there's like a, a result because of that. Or becomes well, the actual, so the actual clitoris is about four to five to six inches long. It's the mm -hmm. same, it's pretty similar to the size of a penis. It's mostly internal, and it, mm -hmm. it's amazing to me. It kind of looks like it's it's got these lobes and it's got these arms, and if you look at it, the head of it, the, the external glands of the clitoris is the same thing as the head of a penis, only it's much smaller. But it is erectile tissue as well. So these are things that I think that, sure, we'll talk about men, you know, when you're in sex ed, they talk about, you know, a man getting a penis. This is, or getting a penis, <laughs> getting an erection. And so Went like- down to the store, <laughs> grab one for myself. I know, right? So they'll like do the whole Best condom thing. 
<laughs> Let's do the whole condom thing, putting it on the 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 banana or something, right? Okay, so they, so everyone's aware that penises get erect and have an erection, but nobody talks about clitorises doing this, and they do. It is erectile tissue, and so I guess that's what bothers me is that we we talk about it for one sex and not for the other in mm. in sex ed. Like it's erectile tissue at all. The thing that was crazy, I was talking to an educator, and she said she went to her gynecologist or whatever, and there was a, a model there, right, of the the mm. female. And there was no clitoris on there. It's like they literally obliterated it out of existence <laughs> from this model. Like it doesn't exist. You would never see a model of the, the male genitals without a penis. Like, why are they obliterating the clitoris? <laughs> like, it's just like, what? Like, they just want to erase it like it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> you see, I assume it's all men, boys, guys on like Reddit, social media in general. Anytime mm-hmm. you see like a uh, like a woman in a bikini and there's any sort of a bulge, they're like, "Oh my God, it's a man." <laughs> right? No, it's called it's that that tissue can be very what do I call that yeah. a fatty upper pussy. Oh, what is it? Fuda, fuda, oh, fupa, fupa. fupa. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. what? Women can't have different thicknesses. There, it means that there's a penis. That's ridiculous. You mean to tell me all women don't look exactly like supermodels? <laughs> we all look different. <laughs> Just like all penises look different, right? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, like I said, it's my one thing where it's like, I feel like social media, the internet has really messed with people's perception of the real world. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, this is the case. Like, no, you're you're so used to looking at like, fake women on in video games and movies or right. you know just whatever it's like you people using instagram as like a barometer of the real world it's like that is so right. oversaturated with quote i'm gonna use photoshop in air quotes here but yeah edited photography and things like best possible angles and lighting it's like listen right. i i'm a 29 year old white man i cannot sit here and explain to people how makeup and all that works but at the end of the day, I understand like people, are put, women put makeup on like their chest to add more like cleavage to like based mm. on the camera angle and lighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And like they're, I've, I've seen behind the scenes photos people have shown where it's like they come off of like the photo shoot. And if you would look at them in that regard, their makeup looks bizarre. They look yeah. like yeah. pale and they have like, it's just the way it's, you know, on their face makes them look bizarre. But it's right. because on camera, it makes it look a certain way. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, I recently yeah. on It's Instagram, actually fascinating it, how it works. It is fascinating. I saw this this clip recently on Instagram, and it was I think it was Kate Winslet. And the beginning of the video, she's got all of her makeup on and everything. And as a process of the video going on, she's talking about how how she really doesn't look that way, how she looks. And she actually takes mm-hmm. her makeup off in the video, and she looks very different by the end of the video. And she's like... Yeah. This is reality. This is really what I look like. And mm-hmm. so there's a this huge contrast. I thought, wow, first of all, it's very brave of her to do. Second of all, what an amazing thing to show people is that mm-hmm. what you're seeing is not really what is real most well, of like the, the time. It's uh, like the no makeup, like photos and stuff people upload. It's like, oh, no makeup. It's like, oh, it looks mm-hmm. so much better this way. It's like, I right, bet there's still makeup on, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not overly saturated makeup or whatever right it's not like you yeah. know two inches thick or something <laughs> yeah and it's like 
I'll use my sister as an example. We love using my sister as an example on the show here as someone who is <laughs> out of touch with reality. Um, but uh-huh. like she's one of those people that grew up like obsessed with like the Kardashians. And oh, oh, I hate that, the Kardashians. Like, oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get sidetracked here. Is there ever a scenario in which you can refer to people of that ilk and have it not sound rude and offensive? I <laughs> know, right? Oh my anyway. gosh. I, I detest them. I like want to throw up. I want nothing to do with them. Yeah. No, thank you. But, you know, my sister grew up like obsessed with them and like that. She thought like, oh, this is, I'm going to be just like them. And she still mm. does. I mean, this is whenever, I mean, my sister's, um, she's 24, no, okay. 25, still obsessed mm-hmm. with, with them and thinking she's going to wow. be like an Instagram star. And wow. uh, she has no concept of how to take photos properly, how to like mm. use makeup, properly, anything like she doesn't have any experience doing it. Um, right but like i said like she's one of those people where it's like oh this is how they look like this is you know how the world works like no no No. their entire life is like fabricated at least the side of it that you see is fabricated like Mm -hmm. they make money off of people like you viewing their content thinking oh i gotta buy these products because they use it i gotta buy their products because that's how they look so good or whatever exactly yep it's marketing yeah Mm. yeah that and just you know, just the way people obsess over certain influencers and like, oh, this is how it's like, you need to understand they, they want to make money. They're not going to present to you when all of their stuff doesn't work. That doesn't, it doesn't benefit them. (laughs) No, exactly. Like, like, especially like a lot of the, the people on Instagram and stuff like that, like the models, the, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of these models all of a sudden popping up in Saudi Arabia or uh, United Arab Emirates in like Dubai mm-hmm. and things like that. It's like they're there because they got paid a lot of money to make it right. seem like a great place to go and do things that they talk about regretting afterwards. Right. They're, you know, it's not ideal. If you knew what they were going through to make $10,000, you wouldn't be so thrilled about it probably. <laughs> Right. And, and the way AI is growing, you're like, wonder is, I mean, is this even like even a real image? You know, like this isn't yeah. even accurate. This isn't even Once AI is able to make hands properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see a lot of these people out of jobs. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as something like I said, I mean, I've noticed it in, in my line of work, AI taking over for a lot of things where it's like right. uh, social media in general, but just content creation. AI is just generating mm-hmm. a lot of the photos, not as much, but the copywriting and things like that, it definitely has right. taken a turn towards AI. Well, and, and what's uh, horrible is I've, I've heard of a few authors where an, and someone took an AI and copied their, mm-hmm. whatever, their way to write. Yeah. And then they were publishing it as in their name because you can't copyright a name. Mm-hmm. So it was looking like they were writing this content and it wasn't them. Like, how horrible is that? Yeah, it's that's disturbing. My my thought process on AI in general. I know we're really getting off topic here, but that like I I think we're gonna get to that critical mass where we're still at the point where people don't actually know how to use it properly, myself included to an extent for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it it's such a novelty that everyone is hopping on the train. Like, mm-hmm. especially like with what I do, like I spend a lot of time researching like new tools to better streamline processes for different projects and things like that. I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time looking for AI cold calling uh, okay. where there are so many different services where it's like, all right, 
uh, input the you know type of audience you're trying to reach or the industry you're trying to get in touch with, and mm-hmm. they just provide they, it'll pull all of the data on these businesses and give it back to you, so you can like cold call them, email them, actually phone call, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just in the process of me like searching for different programs and companies to work with. It is unbelievable how many companies like all these startup companies like yeah we're an ai based company where we do that it's like you're putting yourself out of a job by what yeah. your product is selling right but, yeah everyone has ai some sort of ai program they're selling now especially photo mm-hmm. and video generators and things like that yeah oh it, for sure there for content creation i can see it getting bigger and bigger but there are so many companies laying off employees for like ai right now and i can absolutely yeah. see it backfiring cuz they don't know how to use it properly Right. And it's mm-hmm. just not, you know, there, I'm sure there's going to be some regulation at some point on it in some capacity, but it's just, everyone is just hopping on this, I guess, bandwagon for AI right now. And it's, I can absolutely see it being a huge problem when they realize, oh, we don't actually know how to use this properly. We implemented it incorrectly. We're not using it in, you know, the most efficient way. I don't know. It, it's interesting to see. But, it is interesting. And, and since I am a, a publisher, I also, when when you publish something on Amazon, one of the questions they now ask you is any part of what you've created, translated or created by an, by an AI, right? So you mm-hmm. answer yes or no. Well, what if people are lying? I mean, yeah. can they tell? Can they tell if people are lying and saying yes well, see, this, or no? You can't lie. It'll know because you're not allowed to lie. It's okay. against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so no, curious. He said he, like, he such said a it was lame being honest, thing. so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's such a lame question. Like, are you? Did you yeah. use anything for AI? Like, well, all people have to do is just say no. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like people just can lie. Like, how is that a good safeguard? And unless they can physically actually tell from the file that it was somehow created, like they they actually ask you that, uh-huh. expecting people to just be honest. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't use AI to do any of that, but. I hire people, but I'm just curious what they think that's going to do just by asking people. Is that really going to stop it? I think it's just a way for Amazon to like avoid liability because they have their issues it. with people publishing, mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah, right bet. when like ChatGPT and stuff start, like when it first blew up, where people yep. were literally, it was just taking actual content from other people's works. And so yes. there were surrounding it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think now they're just like, well, we're not liable. They told us it wasn't AI generated. So we didn't know any better. Right. That might be it. And the other, yeah. the other interesting thing is on, I'm also on Medium. I published quite a bit on Medium. And they also have said they have declared there is no AI content allowed on Medium. If you're a publisher mm-hmm. on Medium, you may not use AI generated content. And I'm like, how are they going to monitor that? Yeah. Like, it, is there a way to monitor that? I don't even think it's possible. You'd have to sit there and actually read through everything. The, mm-hmm. pro- the problem is, like, it's super easy to have AI generate content. But if you want it to be even, like, remotely entertaining or good, you have to go back mm-hmm. through and, like, rewrite a lot of it you anyway. You have to edit it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It severely. Because right. I, we use, I use a lot of it for descriptions for products for businesses. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it's, it's just... I mean, some of the businesses I work with have like hundreds of products and it's like, all right, let's right. get like a random description here and then touch it up. So we'll sure. we'll run it through systems. It's like, all right, create, here's all the products, create descriptions for each of these. 
I give you a rough draft kind of. Yeah. And then we go, it's, it just saves us a lot of time because then we can go back and be like, all right, let's edit it. But Mm -hmm. like it, it is terribly written. (laughs) So like it just, it just gives us a framework of like, okay, we can use something similar to this, but like it reuses the same words all the time. Uh, especially for like handcrafted products where it's like exquisitely Mm. handcrafted meticulously that's what i'm thinking Mm. meticulously Mm -hmm. handcrafted it's like it just repeats that over and over and over again got it and it's like Mm -hmm. the same couple of words and it's like okay this is ai generated you can tell it uses the same phrases repeatedly Uh right and um yeah i I guess it's not so bad to use it as a rough draft right if you're going to go back and edit it Mm mm-hmm you know, uh, it's it's good for generating like ideas for things. It's mm-hmm. it's good. ChatGPT is decent at like generating code for like website design and things like that at mm-hmm. times. But sure. it's even then, a lot of times it just doesn't work properly. So you have mm-hmm. to cross reference with other sources anyway. Got it. Uh, one of the one of the things we were going to use AI for, we thought would be funny, is if we did an entire episode of the podcast where <laughs> it was just. Because you can, there's a website so you can just upload your own voice essentially and have it create content based oh, on that. Yeah. So I, I was gonna sit here and write <laughs> an entire episode of. Uh, I have a part-time co-host who's on every so often, and just mm-hmm. do an entire episode where it's I just write the entire thing for like 50 minutes, and then uh-huh. have the AI generator do the the voices <laughs> for it and see how it turns out and see if anyone notices. Right. <laughs> would be very intriguing the only reason i haven't done it is because it's a, it's so much work writing 50 minutes oh, of a podcast the amount yeah of, you're right mm-hmm. it would take yeah. so long i would <laughs> the best way to do it would be to sit here record the entire thing and then feed that into the ai and just have it re-record yeah, it right but i'm like well what's the point then <laughs> right that's true what's the point <laughs> but I'm, I'm guessing there, there, there is a, like, I guess I could sit down and talk to an AI like chat bot or something and then yeah, just give that yeah. a voice. But I don't really want to do that. It's kind of upsetting. Right. I understand. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think <laughs> what, that's the thing that's like getting popular lately too is like the AI girlfriend thing. I think that's popular yeah. in a lot of mm-hmm. uh, like certain circles of the internet. And to me, I'm like, that would make me, I don't want to talk to a computer. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> No, no. And and what I think is weird too is like when I think about art, I want mm. I want art created by a human. I don't care yeah. if an AI makes the most amazing thing in the world that I've ever seen. I'd rather have content made creative. by a true artist. Yeah, a human. Yeah. AI cannot create mm. anything. Is that they it all it does is pull information from previous sources and right. combine it together. So it's not actually creating anything. The same right. way it's not creating writing or like written work it's just pulling that information from previously written works and then using it and like combining I, it together ugh. i just feel so bad for the author that i saw that was posting on twitter she's like and i'm trying to prove to amazon that this is not me that i did not write this because the person mm-hmm. i'm like how awful is that for you have to try and prove that you didn't write this yeah like this oh my like, gosh there's so many people out there who are claiming to be artists now that they just use the AI generated images and right. they're like, Oh, I made this. I made this. It's like you didn't make that. And AI no, made that. And we can tell because it doesn't know how to do hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Some of them yeah. are, fast, are, are, are really hilarious. There's a video I saw the AI generated video where it was like a, for like a beer, it was like a fake beer commercial made by AI. Oh, okay. And 
it I'm guessing what it did was it took information from like actual beer commercials and like tried to remake it. But mm-hmm. the beer is like floating in front. Like it doesn't know how to do it. Like I said, for whatever reason, I can't do hands. So it's like beer like in people's arms and stuff like that. But I guess I guess it kept pulling information from like uh, barbecues, essentially. Okay. So like you can imagine like a, a beer commercial where they're out back and like a flame grilled like barbecue yeah. is going up. And so this commercial keeps going and the fire just keeps getting more and more out of control until the whole thing is just nothing but fire. And that's what it took from the the commercials. So it's just, it's like a, an AI generated beer commercial, but it's just like an, a raging inferno that's gotten, it's just spiraled out of control. That's hilarious. Like, All right, this is funny. This is, this is funny. I, I, I want AI to be more like this. This is, this is what I'm looking for. I kind of feel like AI is kind of like, the little incompetent younger sibling that has no fucking clue what they're doing, but they think they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. really can't pull it off. Uh, I'm going to send this. You can view this on your own whenever you want. That's the actual video I was thinking of it. Oh yeah. I got to definitely got to check that out. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I find it hilarious. Cause it's just, like I said, it's just a fire that spirals out of control. I'm like, I thought this was a beer commercial. Obviously, like I said, it's, they don't try and trick you into thinking it's anything other than an AI yeah yeah right uh stuff like that is hilarious like ai gone wrong is is so funny to me it's like i was like yep that's that's what happens it's like the bloopers right like like, it's just ridiculous (laughs) but yeah i don't know well we'll see what happens but absolutely it'll be interesting that is for sure yeah but still can't replace a human that's all i gotta say no not not yet not yet we'll see (laughs) I will say before we wrap up here, it's fascinating to me that with all the way like technology is going, people are like obsessed with like AI and stuff. At no point have we considered how to use it to like benefit people. It's just artwork, like porn, just like Mm -hmm. it's entertainment, but it doesn't help people. (laughs) Right. Right. People view this utopia of like, yeah, we're going to have like robots, like you know, working around like this is like the far future that people envision. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, everyone, people will just be able to relax at home and they won't have to work because robots will take care of everything. In reality, <laughs> it's like like slave labor while the robots are just creating shitty pictures in in Discord. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to, to bring. I'm all out of my my topics here, but. Wow, I don't know. I'm just I'm just glad to be able to come on and talk about, you know, sexuality a little bit because I feel like it's so, you know, taboo in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so podcasts are one place that people can talk about sexuality. You know, the platforms we go on may restrict it, but you know, Not it's even. somewhere that it can actually be Not talked on about. Except on YouTube. My show gets restricted on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. YouTube, I know. Not on my YouTube, website, I... though. That's it. I always yeah. tell people this is one of the main reasons I talk to a lot of content creators where I tell them if you are serious about doing this, get your own website because yeah. you can't be like censored in any way on there. Right. Nobody's going to be able to block your website. Right. Right. I mean, the only thing that would happen to you is maybe an advertiser wouldn't want to work with you or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, with people who are selling content, if you, now there's places out there where you can actually sell your own books and you don't have to worry about because I because I the cycles I the circles I work in, 
if someone pisses off Amazon or does a topic they don't like, they can literally get banned from publishing to Amazon for life. Mm. I, I just recently saw a couple of people that just got blocked completely by Amazon because they had, I think it was like step stepbrother, you know, erotica or something where mm. it's like, you know, you know, sort it's of. It's fascinating that that's like, like the step sibling thing is like right. blown up. It's fascinating. Like, why is that the like overwhelming popular genre? Right. I don't know. It's Virginia Strikes Again. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Those rascals. All those rascals down there. (laughs) That's why they say Virginia is for lovers, right? Right. (laughs) Poor Virginians. They're tight-knit families, to say the least. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I had had a great time. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast blast. having people on that that have unique interests and differing interests than people I would normally run into in my daily life. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, yeah, thank Um, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Where can people go to to check out your stuff? Um, well, my books are pretty much all over. I have books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Apple, Google, uh, Smashwords, and then I also have audiobooks on Amazon and Audible. Also on Spotify. Spotify now sells audiobooks. Did you know that? That's nice. a new yeah. thing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there and then my podcast is Oh Fuck Yeah with Rue and Willow and I'm on all the podcast apps. I'm on YouTube as Rue and Willow Podcaster. I am on so many social media sites, I can't even say them all. I'm kind of everywhere. <laughs> I'm on Substack as well. I'm on um, PodNation TV. My podcast is now on the PodNation TV channel on Roku TV and nice. Fire TV devices so that's really fun and i'm also on the internet radio station full swap radio so this internet radio so my shows are aired on them they have an app and online on tuesdays at 8 a.m central standard time and wednesdays at 6 p.m central standard time and i'm kind of everywhere so if you search ruin willow you'll probably find something about me nice Awesome. So yeah, go everyone go check out her stuff. Really appreciate it. Go check out deaddestructions.live. I'm in the process of reworking the website a little bit. I know I just relaunched it. Not, I mean, it's been a few months now, I guess, but always trying to, to keep things fresh and updated. So go check that out. But yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Really had a good time chatting. Hope you did too. Yeah, I did. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Awesome. Glad to hear. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been episode number 211 of the Dead Productions podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next time.